0: over there, back there. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And so here's what happens every Sunday. So if you notice, most Sundays we have people that are visiting our church and I hardly ever see you because you're just too quick. You leave too fast. And so here's what I'm going to do, I'm, and this is no pressure. I'm, after I'm done preaching, I'm going to walk out that door, and I'm going to make a right into a, a living room area that we have for, for our church called the Guest Lounge. If you come out of the back, you're going to make a left. I'll come out of here make a right. The Guest Lounge, I'm going to be there. And so if you came, I just want to talk to you real quick. It's not a sales pitch. I'm not going to try to sell you um, uh, Bitcoin or try to sell you, um, you know, one of those things where you like like rent. Like a what? Solar or insurance. insurance. What's the other thing? Um, Like a timeshare. No, none of that. (laughs) Promise you I'm just, I'm only, I'm only, I just want to know if there's anything that I can do for you, if I can pray for you and that's, and that's it. But I would like to meet you because I see you from a distance, but then I can't actually talk to you. And so I will take probably a minute of your time. And so right after church is over, just meet me over there. I would love to talk to you. All right. Also, uh, for those of us that come to church every Sunday, I just want to make it perfectly clear that, that I, we want you to invite your friends. Like, bring your friends, bring your neighbors here. Like, this is just, we're just regular people, right? Most of us, right? Just regular people. Um, and uh, just bring them to church. And uh, if the messages that we're preaching here are helpful to you, why not invite a friend? Okay? And so feel free to bring them to church. Um, and so... Um, COVID's almost over, right? Hopefully, this will be the end of it, okay? Yes? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did, right? Because I said it was going to be over in February. I should have said March or something like that. (laughs) Anyway, too much faith, too much faith. Um, So anyway, a couple announcements real quick. Uh, We're going to have a men's barbecue, men's barbecue um, on Sunday the 27th, men's barbecue. And so what we're going to do is, I I have a word. That's for guys. It's for the men, and it's not like we're not discriminating. I'm just saying there's something that I want to preach about. That's for men. It's for the guys in our church, and I don't I don't want the women to be here because it's specific to guys. Okay, and so that Sunday, the 25th, the 27th, uh, barbecue. Who doesn't like barbecue? We love barbecue, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna preach a message to the, to the guys in our church. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. That's what I'm going to do, and not that I don't every Sunday, but it's just specific to guys, and I hope this is going to be a great Sunday. You're all um, invited, uh, if you're a guy. And so we will do that on the twenty seventh. Super, super excited about that. Last but not least, um, if you are in a growth group right now, please just raise your hand real quick. If you are currently in in a growth group, okay, beautiful, beautiful. That's that's a large amount of people uh, in our church. The, I want to encourage you. Like I have this this one growth group that's a brand new growth group that uh, is led by Luis Martinez and his wife Olga. They meet here. They meet here every Wednesday. Uh, you can give them a round of applause. Yeah, we all love them. And so if you're, if you're not in a group, can you guys actually stand up? Just stand up real quick. There they are. Yeah, let's go. And so, and so if you're not in a group, I highly recommend this group. There's a QR code right there. You can sign up uh, for their group. It's Luis and Olga. Sign up for their group. It's a great group. It's on Wednesdays. Also, if you have kids, on Wednesday, bring your kids. Just bring your kids, we have classes for them, we're teaching them about the Bible, and so bring them and we'll we'll be all good to go for that that day. So um, verse for today is James chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, please go to James chapter 1. If you don't, we have the scriptures on the screen. Uh, We're going to start with verse uh, 22, 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. Here's what it says. It says this do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Okay, the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do, okay? So today we're finishing off a series that we've called Unmasked, and we've been talking about different topics, and before I continue, I want to tell you that next Sunday we're starting a brand new series, and I love this series. It's going to be, I'm super excited about it. It's called Christian Atheist. Christian Atheist, that's the title, and it's based off of a book that I read about 10 years ago, Um, and this is the premise. The premise of the the message is this, is believing in God, but living as if God doesn't exist. So we believe in God, that's why we're here, but the, the evidence of our actual belief isn't in the words that come out of our mouth, but how we live. In other words, our lives will determine whether or not we actually believe in God, and so I'm super excited about that. That starts next week. But today, we're going to talk about the concept of the law that gives freedom, the law that gives freedom. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, okay? So i want going to start by asking you a question, and the question is this. Have you ever asked the wrong question? Like you ask a question and you're like, why can't I, why, why did I ask that dumb question? How could I ask that? It's almost like you see the question and you see the question come out of your mouth and you wish you could just grab it and put it back inside of your mouth, but it's too late. So here are a few questions that you should never ask. There's never, there's never a right moment to ask this question. For example, why aren't you married? Never ask that. There's never an appropriate situation where you can ask that. Um, or if you're, if you're married or you're dating and you're going to go out on a date and you ask your spouse, is that what you're wearing? Never ask that. That's a, that's a question you should never ask. If you go to the hospital, you go to the doctor, and you find someone there that you know, never ask them why they're there. Like, why are you going to the doctor? Never ask that question. And please, by no circumstances, ever ask a woman if she's pregnant. <laughs> Don't. Never not ever ask that. And if, they, and if she tells you that she's pregnant, always act surprised. Always, 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 okay? And so, in life, there are situations in which you should, there are questions that you should never ask, right? But the same thing happens to us in our Christian walk. You see, sometimes in our Christian walk, we ask the wrong questions. Um, Because sometimes what we want to do is is be able to answer these questions and then on the basis of the answer to that question, know how to live our lives. Two, Two questions that we should never ask as Christians, these are the two questions you should never ask. As these, these, these two questions are the wrong question, okay? Number one is, how bad is too bad? Like, how far can I go, right? And then the other question is, how good is good enough? Like, how much good can I do to where I'm like, I'm good to go? Those questions are the wrong questions, and I want to talk about each one of them real quick. The first, que- the first wrong question is, how bad is too bad? Like, how bad is, like, like how, how far can I go, you know? And, I, and I, I hear this question sometimes in counseling. Like, okay, so I know, I know that get, like, the Bible says you can't get drunk, right? It's kind of a slippery slope. Like, what is drunk, really? You know, like, is tipsy drunk? Is it not, that's the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question. If you're dating, like, you know, the Bible teaches us that, that you, should, you shouldn't have sex before you're married, right? But what is sex, really? Like, how far can I go to where it's actually sex? That's the wrong question. When we're talking about cursing, for example, like, okay, I know there's a couple words that I know for sure they're curse words. Like, you should never say those. But what, but can I say this? Or can I say that? Those are the wrong questions. You see, I think it's human nature that we try to kind of push the envelope a little bit. When I was little, uh, I was probably four years old, my brother was six, something like that, and we lived uh, in this housing complex, and there was an alley, and at the end of the alley, there was, a, there was a street, so we couldn't go out into the street because it was too dangerous, and there was this red pole, I still remember this, and my dad said, you can play in the whole alley, no problem, but just don't go past the red pole. Perfectly reasonable, Right? But what did we do as kids? We got as close to the Red Pole as we could possibly go. You see, we had all this room to play, but we were focused on how far, how close can we get to that pole. You see, that's back to the Eden story, right? So you got all this freedom, do whatever you wanna do, eat from any tree, you know, have fun, enjoy yourselves, but there's this one tree, and where does their attention go to? The one thing that they can't do. You see, how bad is too bad is the wrong question. That's the wrong question. And then there's the other flip side that is also the wrong question, which is how good is good enough? Like how, how, how good do I have to be in, a, in order to enter into the light, right? But that's back to the whole transactional concept that we have in our relationship with God. Like I do this and you do that. If I'm good, you're going to be good to me. But that is also human nature, it is to think that way. Why? Because in life, nothing's free, right? Like, you don't get salvation for free. Come on. You can't get into the kingdom for free, right? You can't just get forgiveness for free. Like, that doesn't really make sense to us. And so our logic is that we have to work for it. And, and but, but the problem is that we never really get the, the answer of how good is good enough. Like, we strive to be as good as possible, but then there's never the answer of, okay, once you reach this, then you're good to go, right? It's almost like the the salesman. I've talked about this before, like a a shoe salesman. Imagine you're selling shoes. Your job is to sell shoes. Your boss comes over and he says, you got to sell a lot of shoes before the end of the week. If not, you're fired. So what do you do? You start selling shoes like crazy. You're calling your friends. Your neighbor's like, hey, do you need shoes? Do you need shoes? Do you need shoes? You're doing the best that you can, but then it dawns on you My boss told me to sell a lot of shoes, but he never told me how many shoes was going to be enough. And so you're you're just on this treadmill going crazy, and that can happen also in our Christian walk. Like, you look at any religion, any religion, it's all about doing, 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 doing to be able to be in a right standing with God. But guess what? They never tell you how good is good enough. We can get trapped into that same thing. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today. Because I don't know about you, but I... I grew up as a Christian, and a lot of the things that I would do had to do with performance. And one of the things that we would do growing up is we would go door-to-door uh, doing evangelism, which is a beautiful thing. But the problem was that at the end of the day, I felt one of two things. I either felt pride or I felt guilt I felt when I felt like I hadn't done enough and like I messed up my words and I wasn't able to preach correctly, I felt guilt because I felt that those people that I didn't preach right to, that didn't receive Jesus, were going to burn in hell because of my fault. Guilt, right? And on the other side, it was pride because if I did do good and then a lot of people, you know, signed the card or did the prayer, I had pride because, yes, I did better than you. And so these two uh, uh, feelings that you get are... The result of asking the wrong questions. You're asking the wrong question. And both of these questions that we ask, how good is good enough and how bad is too bad, they all revolve around you. It is a man-centered concept of what it is to become a follower of Jesus. And here's the problem. See, it becomes a problem when, when the Christian life becomes about the life of the Christian. And I don't know at what point we got this wrong. You see, the result is guilt or pride. I don't know about you, but I bounce back and forth sometimes. Like, I either feel guilty, like, oh, man, I just really messed up. Or pride, hey, I actually did pretty good. I'm better than most, today at least. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like... And so you never get a really clear answer to either of these questions as you're walking through life. How good is good enough or how bad is too bad? So I want to propose this morning, as I've said already, that both of these questions are the wrong question, because you will either feel guilt, I'm not good enough, or you'll feel pride, I'm better than most. The problem is that if you're, re- the, the, the problem is this, you're relying on your performance, you are relying on your performance for God, and not relying on God's performance for you, which changes everything. And, and pride And guilt, which are the results of the wrong questions, are both prisons. You won't be free. I won't be free if I live this way. And we're not called to be prisoners. We're called to to freedom, to, to live a life of freedom in the finished work of Jesus. I'm going to read a few verses about freedom. Galatians 5 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, When where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will, what? It will set you free. You see, the problem is there is no biblical basis for ever feeling good enough. And there's also no biblical basis to feel like you've messed up so royally that you are completely disqualified for the grace of God. You see, both questions are traps that we can fall into. And they are both both the antithesis of freedom. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, there's a, there's a freedom that is available to all of us, and we're not going to experience that freedom if we continue asking these wrong questions. You see, it's interesting because, because it says, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. In other words, uh, or another translation is, you will be truly free, truly free. Because there's two types of freedoms. One is the freedom that comes from Jesus, which is the true freedom. And then there's the freedom that the world offers, which is a counterfeit freedom that will promise it, but it will never actually deliver it. In Christ, only in Christ, we will be truly free, which is what we are all seeking. And here's the problem, is that some of us haven't been set free. Like if you ask yourself this question, like, Am I, like, am I free, free? Like, am I truly free? Do I feel this freedom inside? Like, or am I trapped? Or do I feel trapped? You see, because I think that some of us here, maybe many of us here, we're not free. We don't feel the freedom that Christ offers. We don't, we're not feeling it. We don't, we don't truly live in that freedom because we haven't been set free. You see, maybe before you became a Christian, you were trapped in the prison of guilt, Like, oh man, I mess up, I mess up, I mess up. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna start following Jesus because I'm gonna be free from guilt if I follow Jesus. And then you, you start following Jesus and then fast forward a few years, like, I feel trapped again. Why? Because you weren't actually set free. You were transferred from the prison of guilt to the prison of pride, possibly. Like, now you don't feel as guilty as you did before, but now you're like, hey, I'm actually better than I used to be and I'm definitely better than most both prisons, both man-centered, both not glorifying to Christ. And so, the the prison of guilt, right? There are two prisons. You are either not good enough, so if you're not good enough, you feel guilty, you're not good enough, what's the result going to be? You're going to try harder. Oh, I got to try harder. I got to do better, right? And if it's pride... You're better than most, so you can now boast. I'm doing pretty good. At least I'm not as bad as that. Right? But in order for us to be able to walk in true freedom, we have to start by forever canceling our self-salvation project. And so... So in order to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior, it's not about a prayer that you do in a moment. It's not about a baptism that you have in one moment in your life. Making Jesus your Lord and Savior doesn't just mean bringing Jesus into your life. It means renouncing completely to your self-salvation project. Like, you can't do it. Not that you're going to partner with Jesus. Like, there's no way. He needs to take over completely. And in that, you begin to find this freedom because you understand that it's not about you. I heard um, someone once say that humility um, is, is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, right? So we don't spend our time thinking about ourselves, you know? That's what humility is. You see, pride and guilt are results of thinking too much about ourselves. Like, it's all about me. And so we need to transition the focus from us to God, which one of the stories that I love about this transition from me to God is the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8, talks about this whole idea. I love that story so much. Remember, woman was caught in the act of adultery, right? And so they bring they they bring this woman, probably half naked, in a, in a situation very... Embarrassing situation in front of all these Pharisees and they were about to stone her to death for what she did now Question where's the dude? Like I think it takes two right somehow. He's not there. Okay, maybe he ran away I don't know that's a whole other story that we don't know about We'll find out at some point, but she's there in front of everybody. They're about to stone her to death right and what happens? Well, here's the situation is that that somehow somehow the, 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 the Pharisees, from their perspective, they had answered both of these questions. They had answered the question of how, how good is good enough, and they had also answered the question of how bad is too bad. What do I mean by that? Well, because from, from their perspective, how bad is too bad? Well, too bad is what she did, definitely. That is crossing the line, right? And how good is good enough? The Pharisees, well, us, we're good enough because we're qualified to throw these stones. You see... The woman was caught in a prison of guilt. The Pharisees were caught in a prison of pride. Pharisees invite Jesus into the conversation, right? They thought they had him on checkmate because they had the Mosaic law behind them. The law says we can stone such a woman. So they bring Jesus into the conversation. And what was Jesus' answer? He who is free from sin cast the first stone, like throw that first rock, which is really interesting because because if their pride uh, had had been complete in them, they would have been like, for sure, boom, first stone, right? What happened? They started leaving. It's really interesting. It says that they started leaving the oldest all the way to the youngest. Somehow something happened into them to where they realized because of what Jesus said, that they weren't qualified to throw the stone. Now, the account of the apostle John says that Jesus was writing on the ground. And so it's possible, we don't know, that he was writing down their sins. And so their sins became public, and then they started walking away, as everybody knows what, that, what I've been up to, you know, and they started walking away. And so this is what happened in that, in that moment. And then what does he tell the woman? He says, go and leave your life of sin. What is he saying? You don't have to live like this anymore. So for the Pharisees, it was an invitation to step away from their life of pride. And for the woman, it was an invitation for her to step away from her life of guilt. And the invitation that Jesus does to the Pharisees and the invitation that he does to the woman caught in adultery is the same invitation that I want to present before you this morning. And I feel like God is presenting that to me as well. Because I don't know which side of the spectrum you tend to fall on. If you tend to fall on the side of the spectrum of guilt, or you tend to fall on the side of the spectrum of pride, I don't know. I kind of bounce back and forth, to be quite honest. Which other, which, what's the question that you tend to ask yourself? Is it how good is good enough, or how bad is too bad? You see, we need to first walk away from the wrong questions. Because it's not how bad is too bad. It's not. Because you have not done something that is so bad. You have, none of us here have ever, or anyone in history by that matter, has ever done anything that is so bad that the sacrifices of Jesus has not covered. And, and, and it's not the question of how good is good enough, because there's only one who is good. And his name is Jesus. It's the only one. And so my hope is that this frees somebody this morning. Free you from guilt. Free you from pride. And you can walk into the correct attitude, which is what? It's gratitude. Gratitude. That's that's the only proper response before what Jesus did for us. It's gratitude. And walking into this freedom. There's nothing like living a life of gratitude. It changes everything. It changes your whole life. And so what does this free life look like? Here's an interesting verse. I just, we just read it earlier. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 25 says this, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. It says the law that gives freedom, which is really interesting to me because when I think about law, I don't think about freedom it's almost like they're, contra- they're, they're contradicting terms, right? But there's this law that gives freedom. There's this law that if you follow it, he's talking about the scriptures, that if you follow it, the result of that will be that you actually be free. So how do I explain this? Like, um, how does that make any sense? Well, have you ever bought a, a piece of furniture at Ikea, like a table at Ikea, so you go to Ikea, and you see this beautiful table, right? It's so I want that table. And they give you this little box, right? You take it home. And then there's two types of people. One type of person that's going to read all the instructions and do everything perfectly, right? How many of you guys type A personality here? Okay, okay. And who? And then there's the other type of person that will grab the instruction and throw it out. It's like, I got this. And you start doing it. Who? Back there? Yeah, Marcos. Yeah, a bunch of you. Okay. So if you were to guess, what do you think I am? Just, just like throw the instructions out? See, most people think that, but it's not. I'm the other guy. I'm the guy that's going to go. I'm going to take forever in doing it, but I'm going to do it the right way. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that, is that in the same way that we have different approaches toward putting a table together from Ikea, we have different approaches of how we approach life. You see, sometimes you're going to take the scriptures and you're like, I'm just going to follow Jesus. Like, what, like the way he asked me to live my life, I'm going to go and I'm going to live my life that way. There's other people that are going to look at the Bible like, ah, you know what, this life thing, I got it. I got this thing figured out, right? But at the end of the day, with the Ikea, you know, you're going to do it your way and the table's going to be all wobbly, right? It's going to be missing pieces. Same thing with life. If you try to walk this life just the way you think or the way you feel, at the end of the day, you're going to realize that you're not going to be living your life the way the Creator had envisioned for you. And so when I talk about the law that gives freedom, I'm talking about this whole idea of that there's this this way of living life that the creator was was meant for us to live in. He meant it that way. And we have, you know, sort of an instruction manual, which is the scriptures. And so this is what I what I what I want to kind of close with today. You see, the invitation to to walk this life. Of gratitude and walk this life of obedience and walk this life that we were actually created to live this this life of freedom this life of gratitude is actually not a burdensome life you see um, the Bible teaches us that this that this um, that this life is not burdensome it's it's a, it's a light yoke that following the law is not a burden. We discover that when we walk in the way that we were created to walk, our life begins to flow in the way that it's supposed to flow. This is so important. And what does this mean? I'm going to close with this. What, what, what is what is the word that describes the way we're supposed to live? We're supposed to live for the glory of God, for the glory of God, right? That's why that's why we live. Uh, Ephesians two ten says this: For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ. Uh, in Christ to do good work, which he prepared um, for us, in advance for us to do. Matthew 11 talks about the yoke. It's, an, it's a light yoke that we're supposed to carry. It's not a heavy burden that we're supposed to carry. And there's this race that is marked out before us that says, of uh, uh, Hebrews 12, talks about this race and there's this, this way that we're supposed to live that's marked out for us to walk in and to live in. And then 1 Corinthians 10:13, uh, I'm sorry, 10:31 says, it says this: whatever you eat, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. For the glory of God. What, what does it mean to live for the glory of God? What is the glory of something? What does that mean? Like the oceans, the glory of the ocean is the waves. That's the glory of the ocean. The, the glory of the sun is the, is the heat that the sun gives. The glory of a flower is the scent of the flower, right? And so we're created for the glory of God. And what does that mean? It means to be fully human. It means to be fully alive. It means to flow with the life that God created us to live. And so um, I have a lot more to share you know, there's a quote from Max Licato. Max Licato is a Christian author, uh, been around for a long time. And he, in one of his books, he talks about, he talks about a fish and he talks about this fish. And he says, he says, he has to, he asks a question. He's like, would a fish ever be happy um, on the beach? No. Would a, what, a fish happy on the beach? Would a, would a fish ever be happy on the beach? What if you gave it a whole pile of cash? Would it be happy on the beach? No. What if you gave it all the parties that it ever dreamed of? Would it be happy? No. And the answer is the question, why wouldn't the fish be happy on the beach? Because that's not what it was created for. Fish was created to be in the ocean. Okay. So, so the same is true for us in our life. You see, we get trapped in the wrong questions, and we get trapped into thinking that, that following God is this burdensome thing that is just going to feel so awkward, but it's not. When you begin flowing and living your life in harmony with the way God created you to live, you begin realizing, i spent my whole life in the sand, that's not what I was created for. I was created to be in the ocean. I was created to be swimming in the grace of God, swimming in his purpose, living a life of generosity, living a life of purpose, living a life of forgiveness. Like, this is what I was created for. It begins to click. And you understand that this life is not a heavy burden. And so, I want you to think about that here for a little bit. And I want us to close our eyes here for a little bit. If you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes, this is a moment for you. For you to kind of think about the things that we've heard this morning and also for you to think about how this relates to your life specifically right now. So this is a moment between you and God. It's not between me and you, not between you and the person next to you. It's between you and God right now in this moment. So you can just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna say a few things and then we're gonna pray. Because maybe you're here this morning and you've been living in, a, in an invisible prison. And you don't want to admit it, but you, you feel like you're in prison, like you're trapped. Maybe it has to do with your upbringing. Maybe it has to do with your environment. Maybe you, you feel like you can't ever live up to the expectations of God. Maybe you feel like you're never enough. Maybe you feel like God is mad at you. Maybe you've spent your life Trapped in the wrong questions. Maybe you hear and you feel like you've sinned so deeply that you find it so hard to believe that Jesus can actually forgive you if you can't seem to forgive yourself. So I'll tell you what Jesus said to the woman. Jesus said to the woman, "Neither do I. Neither, neither do I condemn you. Go." And leave your life of sin, which is an invitation. It's not a condemnation. It's an invitation into freedom and a life of purpose. Now, maybe you're hearing you're on the other side of the spectrum. Maybe, maybe you realize that you've been a Pharisee your whole life, like you felt like you're better than most. But then you've realized today that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Maybe today you need to repent of your pride. And so, you're invited this morning to be free because Jesus died to set you free. So I'm going to pray here in a minute and with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you need me to just pray for you right now, if you're falling on any of the sides of the spectrum of of pride or guilt, which I think that's all of us at some point, even right now, you just raise your hand and put it right back down. I'll pray for you. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your love. Thank you, God, because you have spoken to us. Lord God, you have given your life, you have shed your blood we can walk into this life of freedom. I pray, God, that you will help us discover this life that sometimes seems so counterintuitive because we feel like we we don't deserve what you did for us. So we want to compensate for it. And we never know how much is good enough. Or we feel like we've done so bad We don't deserve for you to forgive us ever. So we're striving. So God, I just pray, God, that you will free us from that and understand that the right way to live is a life of gratitude and a life that glorifies you. I pray specifically for the hands that were raised this morning, that you will visit them and that this truth that has been said with words will go into their spirits and will will be confirmed in their hearts. And that the result of this will be freedom. I pray this, God, so my whole heart, God, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.